from the Freedom HealthWorks Network. This is Healthcare Americana. Today's guest is Dane Delosier, co-founder of Enable Incorporated. One of the things patients have to understand is, is we can't apply our consumeristic behavior on healthcare. It's a partnership between you and your physician, and you have to, it's what you make of it. But these doctors that are in direct primary care are coming to it very motivated to practice medicine the way they want, very interested in what the patient outcomes are and the patient experiences, and very much willing to do those kinds of things because those outcomes really translate into real value to the patient. And now, here's your Healthcare Americana host, Christopher Habig. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Healthcare Americana, the podcast that explores the true definition of what healthcare really means. I'm your host, Christopher Habig. Today's guest is Dane Delosier, co-founder of Enable Incorporated. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Um, Dana, I asked you here today, you're doing all kinds of work um, within the healthcare industry, and it's kind of a, um, a place that I think you've told me that you've never thought you'd be before based on your, your history and your background, yeah, and correct. you've got a really unique story, and so that's what I really wanted to, to, to tell our audience of, you know, how did, how did this start, this, this fascination with the healthcare industry, this, this urge to get involved in it? Um, you have a really intense personal patient story, and we'd like to talk about that and let people hear how the evolution of your involvement came around. So sure. we can start uh, start from the beginning. Tell us a little bit about yourself and then how you found yourself uh, trying to navigate the uh, what I would call the quote unquote traditional healthcare system. Sure, sure. No problem. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not even sure how far back to go, but um, maybe just to preface that, uh, um, you know, I grew up in a small town. Um, my dad was a small town, selfless family physician, um, absolutely, completely committed and dedicated to what he did vocationally, um, you know, and he did house calls. He did things on New Year's Eve, you know, Christmas Eve, um, made him very accessible, himself very accessible to his patients. And so, um you know, by that experience, that was kind of what I defined as the norm or what my expectation was. Um, so maybe I had a good start or a good uh, um, beginning to this journey or how this path led this way. But um, uh, yeah, there's so many ways I could share that with for you um, in terms of my interaction with DPC, um, but also um, my own personal experience, as you said. Ironically, um, I didn't start out in a in a in my own career in a in a vocation that would have put me here. Very much in manufacturing, tech, hardware, um, you know, traveling all over the world um, in a real manufacturing environment, so to speak. And um, yet, uh, that path led me to Indianapolis. Um, I think what's relevant is is that uh, ultimately it was for a business that was trying to get an exit. We successfully did that, but then it was like, now what? And um, I really wasn't interested in staying with the company that purchased the business. And so I started consulting, found myself getting work in the insurance industry, getting work in um, the healthcare industry, getting work in biotech and biopharma. And it was ironic because I was seeing all these different facets of how the participants were interacting. And um, now having a bit of a career experience under my belt was getting a little frustrated myself and applying that. 
So I think that kind of got me here in terms of how I'm talking to you, Chris. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I'm sure some of my life experiences helped me get there. Yeah, absolutely. So I can definitely relate to the story about um, your parents being physicians, growing or your dad being a physician, uh, my parents being physicians, but seeing the kind of care that they provided to people that it was almost alien to think about today. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So at some point in your past, you ran into a very scary personal health situation. Yeah. You mind sharing that with us? No, I don't. Um, so I was 36 years old and um, found out that I had a, um, a diagnosis of medullary thyroid cancer. And, uh, you know, thyroid cancer is definitely one, if you're going to get it, it's one to get because it's generally pretty curable. <laughs> but it certainly is a wake-up call. Um, sure. And medullary thyroid cancer, I guess, um, if if I remember correctly, it was five to 7% of the cases, sort of an odd one. So that led to, you know, two significant surgeries, um, radiation treatment, and an experience that I had out in the California healthcare system. Um, it was by might alone of those doctors that I had a pretty good experience, mm -hmm. um, I must admit. It was the, the, the post-haste activities that probably got me really frustrated with the healthcare system more than anything. Um, you know, with cancer, there's never really an end. When it, now you know you have it and you're always watching. And um, so what do you do and how do you manage that for the rest of your life? Well, I'm now 49 years old, so that was some time ago, and everything seems to be good, but I have an ongoing concern and something I need to monitor. As well, I'm a late father, so, you know, now I have an interest in staying in the game a little longer maybe yeah, than I would say so. worrying so much about it. Um, and um, the, the, the traditional system doesn't really accommodate that very well. Um, and it certainly accommodates it expensively. And maybe that's what's also some of my motive in wanting to be a partner in all of this um, mm -hmm. and to share the story and to maybe give some life to DPC. Yeah. And, and if I can, I want to dig into a little bit there. You said, sure. um, you know, kudos to the physicians and the team that were able to treat you effectively and get you um, on the road to recovery. You mentioned it was the post haste. It was the after fact. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Yeah. So, um, you know, for me, for many years, that was a checkup every two or twice a year, excuse me. And um, before every checkup, um, there's a set of labs um, and um, there's a doctor's visit. And under traditional insurance, um, I would say pretty consistently I've had a high deductible plan, whether it was one I was on um, or one I had to purchase myself because I was in a you know, business of my own um, or I'm on my wife's plan. But it was generally a high deductible plan. My out-of-pocket was significant. And, you know, and the handoff, uh, that would would um, happen from one doctor to another. Um, so I had a family family doctor that was in the the IU side of the business, and then um, it takes a specialist to manage you know medullary thyroid cancer because there's not a lot of people out there that are super well versed in it. Sure. You know, plenty of people know about it. Plenty of the physicians know about it. Plenty of family physicians know about it, but endocrinologists who really understand the nuances of what is a you know what is the blood work telling you it's not always so clear and there are times you know blood work's imperfect it's not a perfect science so um, there are times when your blood work will indicate that maybe something's going on so you quickly go image and you find out nothing's going on you ride this roller coaster a little bit and um you know and the system just doesn't 
do that very well, right? They don't, there's not one person quarterbacking the whole equation. You've got your family doctor in one healthcare system that's trying to, that's marginally communicating with the doctor over in this, you know, a different system, a different hospital system. And uh, um, again, it's the same thing like I had out in California by might alone, they're trying, you know, and it's, it's not that they're um, ineffective, but it requires me to be the advocate right? Um, in that case. Right. And when that happens, that can be very pressing uh, for an individual who, I know you're well-versed in this, you've been through it, but how do you know what questions to ask, when to ask them? How do you know when to seek the second opinion? How do you know that somebody's answer is going to be the right one for you? Yeah. Unless you're asking those questions. Yeah, right. I, right. I, I consider myself fairly informed in an, if, as, as an ability to provide my own advocacy. However, you know, you don't have a lot of time with those doctors. Right. You're rushed through. That's a great point. Right. You, I can totally see why people get frustrated with the, the process of um, even just the paper, paperwork and, you know, payments, reimbursements, you know, um, the, the, even after the appointment, how that all goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, I can only imagine, you know, if someone wasn't as aware and what they go, why they just abdicate. Uh, okay, what do I owe? They pay it and they're gone. Or, okay, whatever you say, I'll take the medication and I'm gone. If they're even seeking treatment in if the first even, place. If they haven't already conceded or said, I give up. Right. I think that's fair. Right. Yeah, and, and that becomes a very scary proposition uh, without some type of advocate, some type of quarterback there to help you along. And, and you mentioned talking to people in different systems, how primary care historically, or what the past two, three decades has been, has been almost acting like triage just so you can go see specialists because the specialists will have all the answers. But how do you translate? How does, how does uh, a lay person, for lack of a better word, translate what is going on with test results, that kind of stuff, into information and that they can actually process? Let alone all those little questions that come up at random times, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what did that mean? You know, when they said don't, you know, don't do this, you know, why, right? Mm-hmm. Or what was the root cause of that? Um, so those questions continually come up and, um, you don't have an easy means of just asking. You don't have the ability to pick up the phone and say, Hey doc, what did you mean by that? Or, you know, why did I back off on B12 or why do I have to take so much calcium or why do I have to, you know, you know, why is Synthroid behaving in the way it is for me? Um, you have to schedule an appointment. It's weeks later and you're waiting it out, kind of trying to figure it out on your own. And by that time, the test results could be oh, yeah. totally different. Yeah, they could be very different. That's, that's very true. Gosh. Yeah, so you mentioned something and, and kind of brought a smile to my face. You said, you know, if, if you get cancer, this is kind of the one you want. Uh, <laughs> and you don't wish that upon anybody. But um, so let's talk about from going to the, you mentioned like you weren't happy with the treatment options afterwards, how that coordination happened. You had to keep going in at regular intervals. So speak a little bit more about what those intervals looked like, what was going on, and then how you shifted once you found some crazy guys going after direct primary <laughs> care here in Indianapolis, what your experience with your physician and with your care has been there. So paint that picture from, okay, we, we've beaten cancer now, but I need to make sure that I'm, I'm staying on top of it. How's that play out? Well, first of all, you know, you don't have this advocate that's kind of quarterbacking and coordinating all the activities, um, you know, and I think uh, um, quickly I recognized that I was equal participant in my own success. So I think patients have to recognize that as well. 
But um, when I found you guys, when I found the possibility even of my own DPC, um, it, it, la- it, it happened quickly for me um, in terms of recognizing, oh, now I have access. I have someone willing to advocate for me and just manage the process. You know, one of the things I never did when I got sick was I never slowed down. I think I missed like five days of work. It's just, it's a character flaw. But those days were when I couldn't get there because I was on an operating table or something. And, um, or I was at my worst in radiation because they radiate your neck and, and uh, just couldn't swallow, couldn't talk, all those things. So mm-hmm. yeah, that stuff happens. But um, the, uh, so I don't make a lot of time um, for, you know, like if I can have someone that helps me, I will take that help. Right. Sure. If they, cause it just, it opens capacity for me to deal with the things I'm passionate about and what I want to do. And I just kind of lock on. You're letting and, experts deal with their areas of that's expertise. Exactly right. Yeah. Specialization. Yeah, that's right. So, um, I don't know if I'm doing a great job of painting that picture, but what I would say is, is that, you know, I was motivated because of those frustrations, mm-hmm. um, on the front end. And I knew probably from those origins that I described as a kid, that there was something different. What I didn't know was, is that someone was actually enabling it now. Mm-hmm. Right. That wasn't an option when I was living in California. That wasn't an option. Um, even up into the, you know, you know, when you think about how that all played out historically, um, I remember my dad talking about um, physicians joining pack practice groups or hospitals. Well, that was back in the 80s. That was just beginning that way. That swing like that whole or excuse me, pendulum swung quickly and now everybody's an employee and they're in this system that's just kind of this monster. You're not going to get what my dad was delivering, what your dad and mom were delivering, mm-hmm. um, you know, easily. You're going to have to do something extraordinary to get it. Yeah. And isn't it funny that we use the word system and not industry? <laughs> yeah. It feels like you get caught in it. We talk about stuck. that, I think, each week. <laughs> and it's just like, wait a minute. Okay. I'm going to correct myself. It's not the healthcare system. It is a healthcare industry. Yeah. There are certain players within it. But for some reason, the word is kind of a an aside here. But the word system almost translates into inevitability within yeah. healthcare. It is, you know, there's no way to change it. it is it is solid, it is set, and we just let it go and then we complain about it later and, you know, it's just that's just going to be life. But when you use industry, okay, there's innovation happening in industry, which kind of leads me to my next question. So you you found DPC. You know, mm-hmm. you and I met at a uh, at a breakfast uh, business breakfast here in town and we're sitting next to each other and got asking about oh, what is that what's that uh, company under name tag mean? So what do you do mm-hmm. for them? All that kind of fun stuff, uh, you know, that that fancy networking type of term that means so much to so many different people. And so we had a lot of follow-up conversations with that and decided that, you know what, there's, there's enough passion here uh, between the two of us that we can move the ball forward in this type of industry. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, you eventually joined a direct primary care physician. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious to hear just about your experience comparing a DPC environment direct mm-hmm. primary care physician belonging to that membership there to what you experienced when you had to, when you were going into regular intervals, uh, you mentioned you couldn't get a, an appointment for, for three mm-hmm. weeks out, uh, expensive tests. So run us through that, just your, your difference in experience, um, among the traditional system and the DPC system yeah. industry, excuse me, um, traditional <laughs> medical industry, the DPC industry, costs, lab, you know, access, all that kind of fun stuff that's wrapped up in there because it, it does encompass a lot. But 
Yeah. Love to hear your take on it. Yeah, just a funny side note. Um, my endocrinologist still, like, so if I have to reschedule an appointment, um, it usually means I lose 60 days or 90 days. Wow. It, you know, so the reschedule, you know, oh, I've got something. I've got to be on a plane. I got to go somewhere. Um, okay, no problem. When could you, our next available appointment is 90 days later. And you're like, oh, you're kidding me? <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so um, I talked about being on traditional pr- um, plans and insurance plans in the past and um, out-of-pocket expense. So being you know mindful and aware of all these constituents in the industry, um, you kind of know how those costs get driven. But the truth is the costs are significantly different in that, um, you know, my labs, uh, you know, so I would see the doctor twice a year. And usually she, she was mind, my endocrinologist is mindful of that. So she would try to contain the labs to once a year, but I'd spend out of pocket a thousand dollars easily. Um, today, um, in it, you know, with my DPC primary um, provider, um, Dr. Patel, um, and through the Freedom Health Works um, system, you know, you guys pre-negotiate um, the those costs, and I I probably spend two hundred fifty dollars now on that whole battery of labs. It's wow. that different. Um, so, by the way, the diff- Delta is the cost of my entire year for DPC. Yeah, why wouldn't that make sense to me? Yeah, you know that translated say. into direct value. And that's just the labs. Um, you also, or you and Dr. Patel also provide my, you know, my medication and my um, vitamins. I still have to, I have to take um, calcium because, you know, your thyroid and parathyroid are instrumental in absorption of calcium. So you have to replace that more aggressively than you would normally in a, you know, a normal patient or a normal condition. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, you know, they're about half the cost. Wow. So, the, you know, labs about three to four times the difference um, of out-of-pocket and medications and vitamins even um, about half the cost of what it was, even just to go retail. Wow. So, um, you know, it, for me, that's okay. That's a pretty easy You're coming out ahead. Really You're coming out ahead there. financially. Yeah. Wow. I think, you know, um, presuming that people who are listening understand um, – this maybe either from other podcasts they've listened to on healthcare americana or otherwise um you know not only that i get my advocate i can ask Mm -hmm. the questions when i want how i want um you know i get an annual that's part of the deal i get my flu shot that's part of the deal i get you know um i don't want to uh um Dr. Patel in a bad way, but we run into each other downtown. He'll just often ask me, Hey, do you want me to bring your meds with you? And I'm like, Yeah, that'd be awesome. So harkens back I, to something you mentioned earlier. Remember house calls? Yeah. Your dad man. was making house calls back in the day. It's, what's the what's the likelihood of just running into your doctor? Hey, I'm down here. Why not why not just bring your meds here? It's yeah. Unreal. That's you know, that's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. Yeah. I mean, so um one of the things we have, you know, like I think patients have to understand is, is we can't apply our consumeristic behavior on healthcare. It still is a partnership. So, I mean, I, I feel like obliged to share that with the community that, you know, it's a partnership between you and your physician and you have to, it's what you make of it. But these doctors that are in direct primary care are coming to it very motivated to practice medicine the way they want, very interested in what the patient outcomes are and the patient experiences. And, um, you know, very much 
willing to do those kinds of things because those outcomes really translate into real value to the patient. I agree with everything you said. I mean, you mentioned before the hard financial costs, the differences there. Um, you're, you're paying for your membership to your own DPC, your personal DPC physician, just on your labs alone. Then you throw in some of the vitamins that you still need, um, some of the prescriptions that you still need, and you're saving 50% off of what you would running down the street just because the DPC physician is able to do in-office dispensing and they're able to get those wholesale prices. Not to mention all the soft costs. Right. Like that you rattled off there. You know, you mentioned advocacy that almost door-to-door delivery of your medication, but you have that personal relationship. And I'm willing to bet that if you saw Dr. Patel when you walk out of here and if something looked a little off, he would probably ask you about it because he knows you so well. And oh, that is so yeah. powerful. Yeah. I mean, I, I, um, you know, we all define our health, our, our health itself in our own terms. So to me, I believe I have kind of a complex condition, right? I, right. I, I, I had to fight this you know, thing called cancer. Um, you know, in our family histories, we have things also. And I remember as a young person being really concerned about my health. Mm-hmm. Um, my father passed away prematurely of a heart attack. So, you know, oh, wow, there's another potential risk. To well, you were a college to athlete too, so it's not like you're starting yeah. from nowhere. Yeah. I mean, and that kind of translated on even afterward that I, but I was kind of obsessed about it. Um, so again, it just drops right into what I was looking for in my healthcare partner mm-hmm. um, and being a willing participant in that. This makes all the sense in the world to me. No, it's an incredible story. And uh, thank you for sharing it with us. But I wanted to talk a little bit, um, like you mentioned earlier, with Enable Inc. Mm. Um, you're working with a myriad um, number of, of industries and, and specialists within those different types of industries. How are some of these things coalescing around, you know, what drives you and what, what you're really getting at here of, you know, working with DPC, DPC physicians, pushing this kind of innovation within healthcare? Um, how do those things work together? And then what are you seeing based on your experience working with physicians, working with some of the insurance companies out there to really try to get new products that, that actually solve a problem? Yeah, uh, boy, I could go off on a big tangent here um, about why, but but the bottom line is, is I'm kind of a process guy. It, it you know what beautiful to me is is when it all works the way it's supposed to, and um, like at this point in my life, that's really what I've become. That's what I'm about. Um, you know, I kind of feel like my needs have been met, and it's time for me to share that experience and help organizations or help. Um, you know, them get the outcomes they're looking for or operate more efficiently. And, and, uh, we call it execution, you know, pull off what they have to pull off every day. When I see something so broken, right. And I don't see constituents working together to solve the problems, which is very much what's going on in this entire ecosystem we're talking about. Um, it, it, it's very motivating. And, um, I feel lucky, almost privileged to have had some of the experiences, in my life and in my career that kind of gave me that perspective. The early, the 19, late 1990s were in being in manufacturing, we were, you know, bombarded with low cost manufacturing in the United States. We had to figure out how to do it more innovatively. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was either um, innovate or die, right? That was the phrase. And, um, you know, we learned how to get our organizations and people operating more effectively 
to get the outcomes and to be competitive worldwide in a, in a tech hardware environment. You know, the United States has a very vibrant manufacturing sector these days. It didn't all go away because we reacted to it and we got better at it. Well, the healthcare industry really appears to me to have a lot of that same opportunity. It looks to me also like it's coming under similar pressures, uh, maybe even that were happening, right? There's a lot of pe- there are a lot of people out there that have their crosshairs on this industry at innovation and taking cost out for all participants, but patient outcomes, patient experience, and uh, um, not about the big biotech companies, not about the you know big insurance companies, not about big um, healthcare providing organizations. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the original question was, What's it like working with a bunch of DPC physicians knowing they're trying to move the ball forward in more of a grassroots type of effort? Yeah, so their model is so simple and simple is right in process management, right? What is, you know, if you value stream map something, what's adding value and what's not? And and I can't really tell you there's much at all that's not adding value in this this relationship in DPC. It's so pure and direct and it, it eliminates all those non-value adding steps and waste, Therefore, you get a very virtuous outcome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So from because you're applying more of an operational mindset to it of, okay, where are the bottlenecks? What's going on here? Where's the waste Um, within your kind of day to day work with Enable Inc.? Are you seeing differences um, in the way that these DPC physicians interact with each other? um, Yes. Versus how it used to be in your experience of how doctors work together uh, in a typical system or anything along those lines? Yeah, I guess there's a couple of facets to that question. But um, in terms of the doctors themselves, um, you know, so we are working a bit with some of the doctors in your system. We're helping them with um, practical innovation of how they manage the day-to-day operations of their practice. You know, how does that directly translate into value to the patient themselves? But how do I survive as an independent business operator here as well? And, um, one of the things that we do is, is we facilitate a forum um, for those doctors, and uh, there's an opportunity for them to um, share those ideas of best practices, best care, the mission they're on themselves, because these early doctors in DPC are very much, you know, frontier kind of people. They're early adopters. They're bold. They're brave. You know, they're bucking a system that does not favor what they're doing. You know, there's a lot of work there uh, in helping that, um, you know, not lose momentum. Right, right. And working within Freedom HealthWorks, the framework that we provide for physicians, a lot of what we hear is, I don't want to be practicing alone. Yes. I don't want to be by myself out there. Who do I, who covers my own call? And so this is a type of vehicle that we build those relationships amongst a local DPC community. And it's something very, very unique that a lot of the, a lot of the physicians in this industry just don't have. Right. Yeah. If they're independent operators anyway, anyway, they might very well be there, but, but, um, you know, there's a lot of doctors that didn't get into medicine to be a business owner, mm-hmm. right? It takes a unique I'll say vast majority of, of individuals, right? Yeah. yeah, vast majority uh, of physicians that I know I, I know of and I speak to. Yeah. I just want to take care of patients. I, think I want to help the, people. Yeah. One of the most fantastic things, though, that Freedom's doing is, is creating community, mm-hmm. right? So they are... Um, they are able to lean on each other and they are now together in a structured way that, that those ideas come out, um, whether it is care itself or how to run a practice. You know, I guess we call that practice management. So you're not alone. You know, I think they aren't alone. And um, I think that's, you know, one of the brilliant things that you're bringing to the party. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, there's a lot that goes into it and a lot of, it's a power of just connecting people and opening their eyes and say, hey, you might be new at this, but it's okay. It's yeah. not a leap of faith. We're right here with you the entire time. Last question for you before I wrap up today. So look into your crystal ball. <laughs> You're working with a lot of different companies, a lot of different industries. Where does it go from here? And what I mean by that is specifically the healthcare industry, knowing what you know about DPC and some innovations within uh, different types of industries you're working with. What's on the horizon in the next five, 10 years? There's a lot of motivation for change. We know there's a lot of waste in the industry, meaning extraneous expense, everybody taking an unfair share of the cut, so to speak, and not necessarily de delivering better outcomes as a result. I'm talking about the traditional mm -hmm. care and there's a lot of power um, in those key constituents, whether they're insurance providers or their healthcare systems themselves, even the law, right? It's only more recently that the law is even enabling some of this again. Especially um, from a consumer standpoint. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Exactly. People's ability and freedom to purchase care and right. make choices. Right. Um, I see a lot of things falling into place. Right. So um, I'm kind of a strategy and execution guy um, as a career. That's kind of where I've been other than a traditional job right out of college. I've kind of been in mission specific assignments. Um, we were always targeting outcomes. You sort of develop this process. It's probably why I've become a process guy. But as a strategist, you look at all the the entire ecosystem and you're seeing this, you're starting to see the things fall into place. Right. So the legislation is happening that's um, more favorable to such an environment. Right. And to choice. There are people that are angry, right? There are people that are angry about the costs. There are people that are angry about the power mm -hmm. that each of those constituents have. You know, manufacturers, they're practically their single largest indirect expense in the business is healthcare. Mm -hmm. And it's an ankle weight, right? If yeah. the United States doesn't get serious about that, that is a major problem. Huge problem. We talked to a lot of manufacturers who talent retention and attracting talent is a major, major problem because it's historically a very high turnover business. They're looking for different types of value that they can give to their employees to actually care for them. Absolutely. So it, actually, that's a really good point. Um, it, it's, they get a, you know, we didn't really go down that path, but um, they get a cost benefit um, engaging a you know, direct primary care physician if they partner with that physician. Um, you know, the insurance companies, have, you, you know, as far as what's happening, the insurance companies have waken a bit. So they're offering some products that now couple up with DPC, which is great. But back to the employer, they benefit a better cost model. Their attractiveness as an employer, which you're implying there is absolutely the case. Their, their attractiveness as an employer is being able to offer all those benefits that the DPC model does. And, um, you know, employers have got to be innovative and creative about how they're retaining those people. Um, and I would tell you that, you know, that new generations that are coming into the workforce, new generations that are going out on that plant floor, that are becoming middle managers or even senior managers, you know, we want what we want and we want access, mm -hmm. right? I actually, We're just now. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I recall um, hearing Adam say one time, um, your partner, um, in the business, um, you know, we're conditioned to believe we can't get quality. Was it quality, access, and affordability? And affordability. And um, you know, <laughs> to a guy who knows better, I can't stand that. Yeah, I cannot stand. You can that. only the the current health industry is built to only provide two out of those three. Yes. you got to leave one out. Yeah. And so we and the yeah, drug you primary care, one, you lose another, right? Yeah. The DPC believers say, why 
Yeah, <laughs> why not, can't we have all three? <laughs> it can't be right. And why can't we have it now? That's right. what, that's the thing. But you can have all three. Mm-hmm. Let me be very clear. Um, I personally am a testament to that. I enjoy all three in this system and, you know, I'm self-employed. So that is what's different about this maybe, but, but um, as an employee, when you do have all three, boy, is that powerful for an employer, right? Your ability to retain is strong, um, and if that, you know, if the issues are bigger than that, you aren't going to control it anyway. Mm-hmm. If they're really, you know, mindful of, of, uh, their healthcare and the benefits they get out of that relationship as an employee, that's going to carry a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Dane, this has been a pleasure. Uh, it's been a fun conversation. We cover a lot of ground. So I think we're gonna have to dive into some things a little bit, uh, uh, in, in coming episodes with you and have you back out here, but, uh, oh, sure. um, real quick company enable link. What's the best way for people to check out what you do? We do a website. It's enablesolutions.us. It's sort of a modest website. Uh, We're busy mainly by word of mouth. Um, There are three of us in the business. Um, We're partners and um, we're full up, as they say, here in the Midwest. We don't do a lot of advertising. We do know that uh, being so focused on helping companies get outcomes and process um, that we have a pretty um, strong toolbox and we're working to figure out how to expand that and extend that to other consultants and power them up. But, uh, you know, that's an ongoing process as a startup and, and Absolutely. a new company. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thanks again for sharing your story. I know some of these things are, uh, are, aren't as easy to talk about as others. So uh, appreciate your, your story about um, your, your cancer survivor. And so hopefully a lot of people take a lot of inspiration with that and um, will be motivated to find the solutions that fit them the best. Happy to share my story and I'm happy to share my, that this has all been for me. Thank you for having me. We appreciate it. That's going to do it for tonight's episode. Thanks for listening to Healthcare Americana. For more information on direct primary care, visit freedomhealthworks.com. And for a list of all of our episodes, visit healthcareamericana.com. Be sure to like us and subscribe on every single platform that you listen to. Until next time, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Healthcare Americana. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podchaser, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And tell your friends and colleagues to download and listen to all Healthcare Americana shows at freedomhealthworks.com.